This is episode 69 of the Triage Method podcast with me, Gary McGowan, and Paddy Farrell. Is there a reason you're talking like that? <laughs> How are you doing, Paddy? <laughs> um, positively fantastic. Um, I am quite enjoying the weather over here because I'm still in Boise, but I'm also having a bit of a laugh every time I go on Instagram and everything. Everyone at home in Ireland is like, oh, the heat, the heat. Or any of the people that I follow in England, they're like, the heat, the heat. And it's like, I, I go on online and look at it, it's like 25 degrees. I'm like, okay. You see in England, it's like 35 degrees. I've been over here for the whole summer and it's been 30 to 39 degrees on average every single day. And I've just been like, what the fuck are people complaining about? Man, it pisses rain in Ireland for maybe 6.9 days out of seven. You know? It has rained. It's rained every day in Kerry since I came home. This whole heat thing, that's just Dublin. <laughs> Only Dublin gets the heat. Dublin it's raining in Kerry. Dublin master race. <laughs> just saying. Although, I'm not enjoying all the people complaining about it. It's disgusting. I know, it's weakness. It literally is weakness. Imagine literally the sun. You're scared of the sun. First of all, you're going, oh, right. I need to like, put a load of sun cream on the sun. I'm like, okay, that's fair enough. I, I can agree with that. Then you go, the heat, the heat is too much for me. And come on. Sweet. Come on. Anyway, guys, that's our, what are we go doing? On. We're going to talk about the case or being a generalist. And what that means is that you are someone, or you may not be someone now, or that you would like to be someone who has a number of different relatively well-developed fitness characteristics, but you're not trying to, to, to really hone in on just one of them, okay? So you're, you're not trying to be the specialist. An example of a specialist would be someone like a powerlifter. They have very, very specific goals. There's like, like their exercises are defined, the parameters of those exercises are defined, even the, like the amount of reps that you do is defined in terms of the sport. So like that's a real specialist sport. Same with weightlifting. And, and even to a degree, I would say like bodybuilding is still a specialist sport because it's a very specific need. Like ultimately the goal is to, like you need nothing else, but you need to develop your muscles to get them bigger and you need to get leaner. Like that, like for, for, for most people, you could summarize it as that. So they're like quite specialist yeah, sports. With the, with the bodybuilding one, it's really, it's that, it is, it's on that edge of being yeah. and being specialist because the goal is specified, you know, like it's a very specific goal that you're trying to achieve, but the path to that goal is Correct. not fairly specified. Like obviously we have, you know, best, best case ideas of how to go about achieving this, but obviously it has to be very individualized, which then starts to become an into this kind of, it's a generalist kind of approach because you have to be big all over, well proportioned, all that kind of stuff. But at the end, like what you're saying, it, it is kind of specialized. It's like you just have one thing that you need to do, you know? But anyway, go on. Yeah, so, so obviously it, it's the same for, you know, if you're a sprinter, you have specific things that you train for. You have specific fitness characteristics that you need to develop. Same for an endurance runner, same for all these different athletes. And the reason that we feel that this is a, a, an important topic to touch on is not just because it's sort of our personal philosophies as it relates to training, but more so because 
from my perspective, like standing back and observing the way people go about designing their training, it's often based on like following specialists on social media. So like they're, they're designing their training programs based on people who are specialized with very specific goals, like bodybuilders or powerlifters say, and they're designing their programs as someone who has general goals, but in line with what that person is doing. And I think that's, that, that's kind of, that can be a problem for some people. For some people, it's, it's just fine because you can just still go ahead and try and train like them and do your bit of running and do your bit of martial arts or whatever you do, and you're fine. But for some people, I think it, 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 leads, to, it leads them astray a little bit, especially like GAA players who end up training like specialist powerlifters or something, but they're not then putting in the time in the pitch for their skills and developing their aerobic base and et cetera, et cetera. So that's, that sort of forms the basis of why this is an important discussion. Yeah, it's, it is a, it's a really hard conversation to have. And I don't actually think like it's going to be easy to fully elucidate what we're trying to say. And I think also a lot of people are going to kind of miss the point. Um, it's going to kind of go over their head because it's a, it's a topic that you kind of have to be ready to accept. In a sense, right? Like you said, it probably applies most to the general public, right? Mm-hmm. And as someone just a general population person who likes to train or maybe who doesn't really like to train and is just kind of wanting to go to the gym to maybe lose a few pounds or whatever right you just are general population you're not an athlete you're not i don't know you don't have a a defined actual endpoint goal in terms of training you know maybe you do want to lean out a little bit or build a little bit of muscle but the actual training itself is not as defined right so it probably applies most to those people but it does also like you said apply to athletes as well because they kind of fall down the trap the same trap that the general population falls down and that is you basically have all of the goals but none of the goals right like you follow fucking we'll say 20 different modalities or 20 different people that are doing 20 different modalities on instagram you know you're following someone who is a marathon runner or maybe an ultra endurance runner, you know, someone like, I don't know, fucking David Goggins or Cameron Haynes or something, you know, maybe you also follow some hunters or stuff, you know, again, like Cameron Haynes, he does his hunting, you know, so you're kind of like, Oh, okay. Like there's some, I like, I like those kind of things. Maybe you also follow some, you know, Insta huns who are like all about building their booty, you know, and then maybe you follow some, I don't know, football players, maybe you follow some movie stars, you know, maybe you follow some, uh martial art athletes you know maybe conor mcgregor or something so you're kind of like in the mma world as well you know and you follow these kind of bodybuilders who are like jacked and tan you know and you follow these power lifters and you see these huge squat numbers they're putting up and maybe you follow some olympic lifters you see even these juicy squats you know proper upright high bar oh beautiful and putting up huge numbers you know so you have this huge variety of different things these different modalities you're being exposed to and this is again your general population and your athletes as well you know and it can be very hard to then dissociate yourself from that you know like because you have no no actual goals but also having all of the goals because you're following all these people like oh i'd love to do that oh i'd love to do that oh i'd love to do that you essentially get this kind of paradox of choice you know and that can first of all lead to this kind of paralysis by analysis where you're like oh well 
I don't really know what exercises I should do because I see these people doing these exercises and I see these people doing these exercises and I kind of want both of those adaptations. So let's see how I can fucking juggle around things in my program and kind of fit this, this stuff in, you know, maybe you're like, Oh, I wouldn't mind doing a bit of cardio as well. You know? And it's like that you, you end up with this kind of bastardized program that is not actually bringing you closer to your goals. And it's just fitting a load of different things into your program. Right. And this is why I think, it's going to be hard for people to truly grasp what we're saying. Because what I'm saying there now is you don't want to just be fitting a load of different things into your program, right? But what we're also going to suggest is having a generalist approach, right? So that those two things can kind of be conflated in your head. You know, it's like, oh, well, if I want a generalist approach, that means I want to get exposure to the widest variety of modalities and training methods i want to do i don't want to specialize in any specific exercises or i don't want to do any specific you know cardiovascular work or stretching work it's just all generalist i want to be able to do whatever the fuck whenever the fuck and again this is kind of what crossfit tries to achieve you know they're like oh they aren't the best at anything but they are good at everything you know that's kind of their, their whole you know ethos it's like yeah okay cool we're not you're not going to be competing in the Olympics in Olympic lifting, but we can Olympic lift, you know, we're not going to be competing in the Olympics in gymnastics, but we can do gymnastics, you know, and they're kind of like, we're trying to hit the, 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 the even point where we're getting all these different modalities and we're getting decent at all of them. Right. But again, like what we're saying is that's not necessarily the path to go down, but we do agree with being a generalist you know so it's kind of it's kind of hard to delineate those two and i actually think for all the shit that it gets crossfit actually does do this well and it also does the community aspect well which is something that you know a lot of a lot of gyms a lot of different chains or whatever do miss you know um but yeah so gary how do we kind of go about developing a thought process around this so if you are someone that's listening you're kind of like okay i am trying to develop an all-round physique i want to improve my body composition i want to improve my strength i want to improve my fitness and we'll say flexibility mobility as well you know but you you don't actually have any specific goals how do you not fall down the trap of just trying to do everything and how do you actually go about achieving your goals you know, would it be a case of a needs analysis? Would it be a case of specializing to then generalize? Like what's, what's the, the overall guiding light? Like how do we go about this? Yeah. So, so for me, there are, there are two different ways that you can go about this. One is to like adopt a periodized approach in which you focus more on different things at different points in time. Um, an example of that would be, for example, in the winter time, let's say from October to February, you spend time gaining a little bit of weight and your focus is more so on like hypertrophy training. Like that's, that's mainly the basis of your, th of your training. You might be doing a bit of strength work then, but during that period of time, like that's your primary goal. So that takes up, let's say, 70% of your training time. And then let's, let's say your other two activities, just, just to keep it like relatable for us, let's say your other two activities were 
you like to do running in the distance of five to ten kilometers and you like to do uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu let's say okay so you're doing a little bit of grappling you're doing a little bit of running and you're doing strength training so let's say you then you went you went during that winter period you spent about 60 to 70 percent of your time of that strength and hypertrophy work you took maybe 20 or so percent of your training time and allocated it to jiu-jitsu so you're backing off a little bit and then your running is taking up the extra 10 percent of your training time okay it doesn't have to look like that it's just an example and then it could then be the case that as you transition into the summer period you let's say want to lose a bit of body fat you want to focus more on your jiu-jitsu you book you've booked a 10 kilometer race for me so you start to shift your your focus more onto those things and that's just like one example and you you could do that like a on a month-to-month -month basis it could be on a quarterly basis or it could be kind of on a on that like half year basis you just split the year in half and focus on different things so it does depend on, on on what you're kind of interested in personally i prefer the i prefer the, pro, the approach that is a little bit harder to put into practice and that actually is kind of just doing a few things at once and keeping that relatively consistent over time but to do that i think you have to also like like i to add the context my my back my background like getting into training was mainly like just lifting weights like that was what I did for a few years straight before I kind of considered anything else so for me I had I had kind of laid that foundation to the point where I'm like relatively happy with you know what I've gotten from weight training so far believe it or not <laughs> and you know I'm kind of at that point where I'm like you know when I wake up in the morning I don't I don't get excited about the prospect of like oh, I want to really gain more muscle or add 20 kilos to my water max like it's just not exciting to me so for me I'm able to kind of put that in the back burner and just be like, you know, if I can get three days of, of resistance training, maybe four days, like I'm delighted with that. I'm, I'm very happy with that because I know it's enough for me to at least maintain and, and, at le and potentially make slow progress over time. But I know I'm not really pushing the most that I could get out of my strength and muscle building. So I'm accepting that because of, of the, my past, essentially. And then along with that, I'm able to, you know, do a bit of, of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, you know, train that a few days per week and also get out for runs kind of when I'm interested. Um, for me, I think it's easiest to have just like two things that you're kind of pushing, re you're, you're pushing forward if you're trying to push them forward and one thing that's a little bit on the back burner. So for me, that is kind of running. You know, I, I don't get too stressed. I try to get maybe go out for a run like twice per week if I can, but if I only get once per week, some weeks, I'm happy enough with that because I know that I've hit my main targets for the week and that's getting in like my resistance training and the bit of conditioning training that I do while I'm in the gym and also the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So I think there are the two like main approaches that you can apply here. But I think it's important also to recognize that this isn't just a case of, of like, it's not just a case of like, what do you want now? It's also a case of like looking at things bigger picture and considering, you know, what might I want in 10 years? and also like what is most likely to be good for my health? Because I think this is something that people often brush aside when they think about their training is that, oh, I'm powerlifter, you know, I do strength training, so my health is covered. Like not recognizing that like just because you lift weights doesn't, doesn't mean that you get away with, with like having poor conditioning, you know, that is independently associated with better health. So you do have to still keep that into consideration. And also you, you're going to live past your 30s and you're going to live past your 40s. So you have to ask yourself like, 
what might I want to do in the future? So while some people might love to specialize when they're young and just be like, I'm going to go all in on powerlifting, that's fine. But if you're only doing physique training, you know, and, and you're afraid to do cardio because it's going to, you know, hurt your gains, but all your friends at work go for like five and 10 K runs regularly. And, and you're, you're not engaging in those because of like fear, like which I, I've known people who are genuinely like not engaged in things like that. Cause they're like, but won't that like mess up my recovery from training? You know, I think that can, that can impede you like socially to some degree, but also in terms of like your long-term engagement with like health and fitness. Like you want to go for, you might want to go for hikes. You might want to go for runs. Sometimes you might want to be able to swim. You might want to have these, this wide kind of capacity that you can use to live a better life to some degree. So, so yeah, there's, there's definitely multiple reasons why you might want to engage in such an approach. Yeah. As I said, like, it's going to go over a lot of people's heads because it's just, it, first of all, it's a hard concept to fully grasp because most people in the fitness industry do specialize, right? Like they, they have that trade off and we're also not fully advocating the full generalist approach, right? Where you basically just do everything. Right. And there's, there's people out there that do this really, really well. For example, like you have like Edo Portal, right? Like, his whole concept is to have that generalist movement capacity, you know, where you're fit enough to do whatever the fuck you want, but you also have strength and we'll call it stability in whatever fucking ranges you could ever possibly get exposed to. Right. But even though that's a a brilliant thought process, first of all, you have to recognize that those guys train a fucking metric shit ton. Right. So, it's easier for them to do that when you're like, Oh, well, we want to train all these fitness qualities and we basically have unlimited time to do that. You know? So you have to recognize that that's the same with CrossFit as well. Like people are like, Oh, CrossFit do so well at this, this and this. And it's like, yeah, but all of those CrossFit athletes are training three, four times a day, you know? So it's like, of course, like how I don't know how you think you're going to emulate that with your 45 minute to an hour gym session when they're spending six hours per day training. You know, it's like that you're not going to be able to train all of those qualities, you know, so you're either going to get a very shit stimulus because you're training so low volume in those modalities, or you're just going to get end up getting no stimulus from the overall training thing because it's like, well, you just threw everything at you at yourself. And it's like, you're just hoping something sticks. You're just hoping you get better over time. You know, like it would be like going to the gym and just doing a set of a few different exercises but not even going truly to failure with those different exercises or really pushing it it's just like yeah i just did it just to tick it off the box you know and i still fatigued from yesterday because i did the same thing yesterday well different things but the same concept i just did a fucking shitload of things one set of it see you later next you know so it's really hard to fully grasp what we're saying but basically what we're trying to say is there is a generalist approach you can take, which for the vast majority of people is going to be the best approach in terms of your health, your actual outcomes, you know? And if you go back and you look at the, the or listen to the podcast I did with Mark, you know, we were, we kind of touched on some things like this when we were talking about, you know, people are trying to build muscle, right? And obviously like building muscle is kind of a side effect to training. Like it's not an effect, right? So if you keep that in mind, well, yes, you can bias 
your training to focus on eliciting that side effect. If you're thinking long-term and if you're thinking about your health and longevity or whatever you want to call it, um, you would be best picking exercises that give you more capacity, right? And this, again, even when saying this, it, it kind of falls down into that kind of thought process where it's like, oh, these are functional exercises, you know? And again, this is what I'm saying. It, it's a really hard concept to fully grasp. And again, it's going to go over a lot of people's heads. I'm not saying, oh, you have to go for these functional exercises, these T-Rex landmine kickback rows or fucking whatever. It's like, no, that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is there's going to be exercises for you that lead to a better movement capacity, right? For example, we can take a squat pattern, right? There's going to be certain types of squat patterns that are going to be better for you if we take the the long-term longevity, whatever, approach right and me and gary were just talking about this beforehand because obviously we do jujitsu and whatever um but you could choose a back squat right you could choose a low bar back squat right and that might be the exercise that allows you to lift the most amount of weight right so if you in your head you know you're following these power lifters or whatever and you're like yeah actually i fucking love that lift heavy weights you know do triples, fucking singles, whatever. I just, I love that. I love seeing those people train that, right? You, you can do that, but you have to realize that that is, you are specializing into something, right? And that specialization may not actually be what you ultimately want, right? So again, like we're looking at that squat pattern, right? For some people, that low bar squat might be unreal at actually loading that squat pattern for them. They have the perfect mechanics for it. So they're actually getting some sort of squat pattern. However, for the vast majority of people, that kind of low bar squat is basically going to be a hip hinge, right? So it's basically going to be a shoulder loaded deadlift, right? You know, like almost like a good morning, but not right. Um, And that's the case for me anyway. Like it's literally like I can, even when I high bar squat, like it doesn't feel like my quads do anything. You know, it literally feels like my low back and my glutes do everything. And that's even with like a high bar squat, allowing the knees to travel forward, right? That's just because my femurs are fucking 100 million meters long. Um, But you may be better choosing something that actually loads that squat pattern so that you can get into this kind of more upright position that is more traditional kind of squat pattern that, you know, people are like, oh, babies can squat, so everyone should squat. So for example, that could be a safety bar squat. That could be a front squat. That could be a goblet squat. That could be a Smith machine squat. That could be a hack squat. That could be any number of these different things, right? So if your thought process is, I want to actually be good at squatting, at actually loading the lower body in that kind of squat pattern so that I have that movement capacity for whatever I get into. You know, and you see this a lot where people are like, oh yeah, like I I do a load of squats in the gym. And even if they do like say high bar back squats and they're like, yeah, I do that. Then you get them to sit down in a squat for 30 minutes, you know, like they're in bits because they're not actually strong and don't have that actual endurance in that squat pattern. They have it in that one squat pattern of the high bar or the low bar or whatever, right? And that doesn't mean that you throw the baby out with the bathwater and go, oh, these guys are saying don't low bar squat or don't high bar squat and pick these other variations. That's not what I'm saying. Like, again, it could be perfect 
for you. Those vari variations could be perfect for you. They could be exactly what you need. Or you could be doing other things in your training that allow you to get strong in those overall ranges, you know? So again, looking at that generalist big picture, it's like, what, what are your actual goals? Like, what are you actually trying to achieve with these exercises? You know, if it is a side effect of, you know, you want to build muscle and, and you say that that's the actual thing you want to achieve, then a lot of you need to change your programs because you're saying you're doing a squat because you want to load the, the, the quads, but your squat looks like a good morning, you know? So it's like that you're not achieving that goal. And then you, you dig a little bit deeper and it's like, Oh, well I actually want to squat because you know, I follow, I don't know, Dan Green and he's a powerlifter and he's juicy quads, you know, and like, oh, looks great. You know, I, I want to be like that, you know, I was like, okay, so now we're kind of getting a little bit closer to your real motivations. And this is kind of where we'll move the conversation later on in the podcast. But to an extent, you have to specialize to generalize, right? Like you have to spend some time, like Gary was saying, doing a certain modality or doing a certain movement or doing whatever so that you have that capacity you know like Gary was saying he was like he came to this from you know a resistance training background so he's already built that capacity he's already built that movement capacity that kind of base and now we can go into these other things right and he can just keep that on the background you know so there are going to be times where you have to specialize and doing certain exercises or doing certain training programs or doing certain training modalities is going to be what gives you the ultimate generalist ability, right? But when you're thinking of, first of all, exercise selection, you have to be thinking of not just the, the side effect you're trying to elicit, like the, the muscle building, but also what does that build in terms of your overall capacity down the line, you know? Like if you do a load of resistance training and you get so big that you can't wipe your ass or you're, you're so immobile as a result, you know, it's like you, you have gone so far down that kind of specialist route that, you know, you've actually lost capacity. And that's what happens to a lot of people, right? They actually lose capacity, movement capacity, health capacity, whatever, you know? So that's fine. Like if that's your bread and butter, like you're a bodybuilder and you make a living from being a bodybuilder. And obviously that's what you have to do. Like, and anyone who says differently, is well mostly a liar because people make those trade-offs all the time people are like oh that's stupid why would they risk their health to be a bodybuilder even though it's making the money but then you look at that person it's like well you sit for 40 hours a week at a desk you know it's like like this and i'm not saying that that's like the their equivalent but it's like you've made a trade-off as well like you that was a trade-off you were willing to make you know you you were willing to make that oh i can i have to sit for 40 hours per week you know, I now live a sedentary lifestyle as a result, you know? So you've made your trade-offs, they've made their trade-offs. So we're all making trade-offs. And that I think is the, the crux of this whole conversation. It's like, you just have to be aware of what trade-offs you're making, right? And whether those trade-offs you're making right now are building towards something else down the line, you know? Like you could be saying, okay, well, actually what I need right now is to build muscle. So you're going to make some trade-offs. You're not going to be as cardiovascularly fit as you possibly could be. You're not going to be as, you know, maybe you're not doing your sport or whatever else as much. You know, you're like, you're, I'm focused on the muscle building side of things. You know, that, that's just your focus for now. That's, 
that's what you want. And you're willing to accept that you're not going to be as good in your sport, you know, or maybe you don't do sport, but you're willing to accept that you're not going to be as cardiovascularly fit. You're willing to accept that, you know, maybe in the pursuit of this, you're putting yourself in an ill health position. You know, you're like, oh, well, I'm going to go on a gaining phase and I'm going to gain some body fat and I'm going to accept that there's negative connotations around that, you know? Uh, so you just have to be willing to accept and to be aware of the trade-offs that you are making. You know, anyway, Gary, I'll let you talk for a little bit because I've just been shiting on. Yeah, well, I think I think a big part of this is like where you where where you see value from training as well, because this is like this is the main thing is that like generally what I see with people that like message me is that if you look at who they follow, they generally follow like a very homogenous group. Like it might be like a group of bodybuilders because they look up to them, which is totally fine. Um, but the result, the result ends up being like, like what you're always exposed to is what you almost like expect everyone to be like, you know, it's almost like this assumption that, well, if you're going to the gym, then like, obviously your goal is to maximize muscle building and then to be as lean as possible. Like you just start to assume that. Um, and that, and that makes sense. Like, because you are, you are like willingly or not, you are ingraining yourself into a specific culture. And then there are specific memes within that culture that essentially act as like thought viruses regardless of whether or not you you want them to you start to view things differently because of the culture that you're in so if you're in bodybuilding culture then you think of food different the way other people think of food you think of climbing a mountain potentially as an activity that could compromise your results different to how someone else might think about it in terms of oh that's a fitness challenge i'd be so fit if i did that you know, so you do, you do start to kind of reframe your thought process depending on the culture that you've put yourself in. And then if you are only deriving value from specific like metrics that are like based on others, like which is, which is fine, it tends to pretend, it, it can potentially lead your, your, your training astray. So what I would say is that like step one to starting to appreciate like why a generous approach might be useful would be to start following more people from from diverse um, sporting backgrounds or athletic backgrounds or whatever. Like you were saying, Patty, you know, you, you follow some hunters, you know. I follow quite a few runners. We follow, both of us probably follow, like, a lot of guys who have come out of the military. You know, you've got these people from different backgrounds, fighters, um, powerlifters, bodybuilders, you know, hikers, whatever. Follow different, pe different people from different backgrounds and you will you will genuinely find without even trying that suddenly what you value will change because you're suddenly seeing people who are you know oh that what those crossfit people do that's like actually pretty cool you know and, and that doesn't mean you go straight to one and that's why i'm saying follow a multitude of people you know my dad always says that anytime the olympics or when wimbledon was on when he was a kid suddenly they'd all stop playing soccer for like 2 weeks and they'd all go out and play tennis you know, because, because that's essentially what you're being exposed to. And suddenly it's like, oh, this is so cool because that's what, that's what you, were, you were shown, which is totally different to the rest of the year. So what I'm suggesting is that you start to vary what you're exposing yourself to, um, just like you want your, to expose yourself to, you know, diverse opinions, <laughs> as you should. You don't want to get caught oh, up in... You silenced the other <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> You don't want to get caught up in like an internet like silo where you're just only exposed to the same stuff all of the time. Because realistically, 
while we all while most of us go to work every day like social media for a lot of people that's your community like that's what you're exposing yourself to that's probably where you have a lot of your interactions every day so it is important to ask yourself you know how is this actually affecting my life and i think like this is more like opinion based but like like for me and you let's say i think we both probably share the idea that we want to be like fit and strong and healthy so that we can be useful in as many situations as possible and that at, at any point in in my in my day if something was presented to me i would never have the excuse that i'm not i'm not fit enough to do that you know like and, and there's loads of simple situations that I, that pop up all of the time like we had to we we were late for our flight because we had a connecting flight when we were in in greece and essentially to make the flight we had i had no choice but to like run like two kilometers to get to the to the airport desk to be able to be like oh we're, we're, we're here i promise <laughs> whatever and like that wasn't a feat of fitness it wasn't like oh yeah i did it in like 30 seconds but it was just like you know by the end i was like oh that was a far run and it made me think like god you know if i actually didn't train i wouldn't be able to make this flight which then cost me whatever an extra 600 euros so these situations like they crop up same when you're like going through an airport and everyone else is like on the the travelator or everyone else is taking the escalator and you've got your cases like you just if you're strong and you're fit you just pick up your case and you walk up the empty stairs and you're ahead of everyone you get ahead of the check-in lines and then that has like a feed forward effect in your day so there are these things that that do pop up and i just think if you can adopt that philosophy, like I'm not saying you have to adopt our personal philosophies, but I do think there's something to be said for trying to, to, to ask yourself, like, am I prepared to do all of the things that I could potentially have to do? Like if something was to happen in this situation, you know, whatever that is, it's quite vague, but as we said, yeah, like, as you were saying, like basically you want to have a capacity to do whatever. Like you see this again, like I'm, people are not aware of, I think a lot of the times, like I always use the example of uh, what's his name, your man, the cyclist, Neil, no, not Neil Armstrong. What the fuck's his name? Lance, Lance Armstrong. Uh, like he didn't used to take the shopping in from the, the like the groceries in from the car because he was like, no, it just makes my arms and my shoulders and traps too big. You know, he made his wife do it. Like she had to carry the shopping in. He was just like, no, that's that's I'm not doing that because. It just makes my arms too big, which is again counterproductive to his actual goal yeah. of cycling. You know, so and bodybuilders do this. No, people are like, oh, like this, like uh, what's his name? Ben Picosi has said it before, where he was like, like he wouldn't help move things around the house. He was like, just get a mover to do that. He's like, I'm a bodybuilder. He's like, I just care about you know my bodybuilding. You know, he's not putting himself at risk of you know maybe slipping a disc uh, or you know like pull, pulling a muscle in his back or something uh because he's moving a chair around you know he's like no i'm a bodybuilder I, I don't do that hire a mover to do that you know so people will look at the outcome but also want other capacities you know and it's like that's you're you're not accepting the same trade-offs that they have accepted to get to that position you know but yeah. want the same capacity as them which is just not the way it's, it's just not the way the world works you know like i always look at it like you know remember when it snowed before um like obviously it's it has snowed before but you know when it snowed loads <laughs> before recently yeah. like 
in, in my like community in my area like there's a lot of old people that live in my estates like they were trapped in their houses they couldn't get out like so me and my brothers just went around and shoveled driveway like it, it gave those people the capacity to actually fucking live their lives rather than slipping on ice and dying you know like but if i wasn't strong enough i wasn't fit enough to do that then you know you're you're just left you're, you've left your community uh, with their hand tied behind their back because there's no one left in the community that can do this, you know? And that's, I, I'm saying the community and I mean that in whatever community you find yourself in, whether it's like the family unit or, or your larger community, whatever it is, if you, if you don't have the capacity to help people in that community, because you know, you're not fit enough, you're not strong enough, you know, you're not, you're not able to do those movements. You're not able to do those things. It's like, well, like you've left that community short, you know? <clears throat> and uh, there is that quote by I think it's Aristotle you know it's like no man uh, what the fuck is what's the actual quote no man has the right to uh, not see his body developed or whatever the fuck the quote is I can't remember oh, yeah, something like that yeah <laughs> look it up there Gary on your phone while I keep talking you know um, but basically what that quote means is yeah okay it's like you don't have the right to do that you know it's like you don't have the right to not see your body reach its full capacity you know, but that's a responsibility as well as a right, you know, like, and it's not just, you know, to see the development or whatever. It's like, it, it is to actually have the ability to help your community. Do you get it? Right? Yeah. It's Socrates. Of course, <laughs> no man has the right to be an amateur in the matter of physical training. It's a shame for a man to grow old without seeing the beauty and strength for which his body is capable. Yeah. So again, well, like, Socrates. It's right, but it's like, this, it's a responsibility as well as that, you know? So you have to take that into consideration when you're looking at what, what you're spending time in the gym, you're spending time doing your sport, you're doing whatever, but what is it actually building towards? Like, yes, you may want to influence a certain outcome. And like, we always use the ones, the kind of three ones where it's like health performance or uh, body composition. But it's like, they are just a, an arrow point. You know, they're just the tip of goals. Like they they can branch back into thousands of different sub kind of categories. But ultimately, you have to just be sure that what you're doing in the gym is actually achieving what you're trying what what you're trying to do overall. And again, that might mean, like we're saying, that there are times when you specialize. That might mean that you just have a very generous approach, and you've accepted not being the best at certain exercises because a lot of people and this is the same like it's 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 kind of mad when you see people say like oh i could do that if i had x y and z or if i had the time or whatever and it's like it's really strange because nobody says that about i don't know playing the piano or something but when it's exercises that everyone has the ability to do like the squat say you know like you just go down to the gym and do a squat it's like oh, yeah, obviously i could do that like or fighting people do this all the time it's like oh i could beat him in a fucking knock and it's like you don't even fucking know the capacity that he has but because you've maybe been in a fight before or you know you've you've seen people fighting before it's like yeah of course i could do that you know so people always think that they could be the best when in reality it's like the vast majority are actually be below mediocre you know uh, so you you just have to be sure that what you're trying to achieve is actually what is reflected in your training program is actually what's reflected in your diet program your lifestyle whatever else you know 
And I think the best way to go around it, because again, like I, I realize what we're talking about is incredibly vague and we keep saying a generalist approach and there's no definition for a generalist approach, you know, because again, like you can go down the route and be like, oh, well, then do you, where do you draw the line of generalist and specialist? You know, is it like you have the capacity to do all these gymnastic moves? Do you have the capacity to, you know, do all these strength moves? Do you have the capacity to do all these, we'll call them fitness moves, locomotion moves, we'll call them like running, sprinting, swimming, fucking, I don't know, climbing monkey bars, whatever the fuck, right? Do you have the capacity to do any of those things? And it's like, where do you fully draw the line? And again, this, this is why this conversation is so hard to fully articulate because it's, it's kind of a personal thing, you know, yeah, as yeah. well as being a, a generalizable thing, you know, like I always look at it. It's like, you should be able to swim full stop, you know, like I'm not saying you need to be an Olympic swimmer. I'm not saying you need to be fucking the best swimmer in the pool, but you should not drown, you know, like yeah, it's pretty important skill. Like. <laughs> exactly. Right. And that's, that's the kind of way I look at all of these things. It's like, you don't want to be the worst person in it, in the pool, in the whatever. Like you want to be someone that other people can rely on in whatever situation, you know? And I think that's just a good philosophy to have with regard to training. It's like, yeah, you might not be the best bench presser, but you know, you're all right. At it. You know, like you're not, and again, I, that's a that's a relative term you know because like you're all right and my all right because we've already discussed that i have unrealistic expectations of (laughs) so you're all right might be different in my all right but what it should ultimately build to is your overall life should enhance because of resistance training your overall lifestyle your longevity your health your ability to engage in your life should be enhanced from the training that you do, you know? And again, we could come out here with some absolutely ridiculous standards or ridiculous goals, be like, you should be able to fucking run 10K at least, or you should be able to swim a kilometer in X amount of time, or you should be able to fight in these styles, or you should be able to squat X number or bench X number. And it's like, I I don't think that ultimately helps everyone because again it's just arbitrary standards you know what you really want and you can see you can see people that break these standards all the time you know you'll see like ufc fighters people you'll see online people like what's the average squat of an mma fighter because they want some standard to kind of base their training off and see that it's like you'll see some mma fighters that you know they'd struggle to squat the bar they don't have the technique they've never done it before you know they don't have the that strength skill you know so it's like are you going to compare yourself to them? Like that could be someone that's an unreal fighter. All I'll say as well is if you look at UFC or any fighting stars, it's always the person with the skinniest calves that is the best. I'm, I'm just putting it out there. I mean, like you look at the bronze bomber and he has literally zero calves. Um, arguably the best boxer ever. You look at John Jones, literally zero calves. And again, arguably the goat. You know, I'm just saying that there's, there's a correlation there that everyone should be aware of. Um, I'm not buying it. <laughs> but anyway, um, you just have to be aware of the trade-offs. And like Ari was saying, like the best way to do this, and it's the same with political views, it's the same with religious views, it's the same with all these things. It's expose yourself to what is actually out there. You know, 
expose yourself to that. And this is a special in the fitness industry. Gary, and this is especially true if you find yourself really obsessing over your physique, you know, because people will do that. They'll follow, follow you go into their, who do they follow? And it's like every single physique competitor, every single bikini competitor, every single bodybuilder. And ever, it's all about the body image. And like, you look at the vast majority of the way those people post, it's just a topless picture or a bikini picture or whatever. Like they're just showing a load of skin. They're just showing their physique off. You know, and I'm not saying that that's all they have to offer, but the way like Instagram algorithms or Facebook algorithms work as well, Google algorithms, they reward that kind of stuff, you know? So they're just posting, they're, they're just gaming the system. They're just going like, okay, well this, this stuff that I post gets a fuck ton of likes and that builds my business, that builds my brand, that makes me more money. I'm going to post more of that, right? Like they're not caring about your, your feelings or your feelings of inadequacy you don't have the same level of body fat that they have you know they maybe they do care about that but at the end of the day their bank balance you know they care about that more you know so they're posting that and if you're just only following all those people they're all about the physique, all about that and you're not following other people that have you know performance goals that have you know business goals you know they're entrepreneurs they're whatever the fuck you know you're, if you're not following all those things it's like okay you're only exposing yourself to one aspect. No wonder you obsess over that aspect. Like it's, there's, if that's all you think about, if that you go to social media to escape your thoughts, because that's what most people do. They're afraid of being alone in their own thoughts. You know, so they're like, oh, I'm going to actually go on social media to distract myself. And then all you do is look at these beautiful bodies. That's all you're going to think about. You know, like that's where your mind's going to wander to. You know, so. Like, it, like I was saying, like, follow a diverse range of people, a range of views, ethics, morals, fucking whatever. Get exposed to that. Maybe you go, look, that's just not for me. Like, I don't, I just, I get nothing out of that. I don't see any benefit to that. Or I actually think they're wrong or you don't like them. That's fine. But you should be exposed to those thought processes. And you should audit what you are exposed to. Like if you are following people that you just look at their images and it just makes you sad, then just don't follow them. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah, like I think that's actually such a such a key point because like one of the most potent ways to change your behavior, or, or in this case, maybe your thought process, is to modify your environment. And like, that's not always possible. Like in the real world, it's pretty difficult to meaningfully change your environment. But online, like you, it's literally clicks of a button, you know, it, like if you were an alcoholic, say, or, or you were advising a friend who was an alcoholic, you certainly would not bring them out for a walk down the street with like hundreds of bars and be like, oh, let's actually go into each one and look around. Like you'd be like, like, that's a, that's a terrible idea. But that is essentially on a lower level, what people like, what people with body image issues, which is like a lot of people, even if it's just low level concerns, um, if it's consuming all of your thoughts, that's what people do when they go on Instagram every day and literally they follow 2,000 people and all of them are like physique and bikini competitors. You know, all you're doing is, is exposing yourself to the exact same like images over and over again, but also like the values that come with that. Like it's reinforcing those values in your mind that I am comparing myself to this person. This person looks great. I currently don't, whatever, you know? And I think, 
Like that's a really potent effect of, of stepping back from that stuff. Like I'm not saying you have to delete your social media. I'm just saying like, why not have 10% of your followers who are those people, but also 10% of the people who are more, who are more uh, power thing based. And then you have those people who are hikers, etc., etc. like we spoke about earlier. Because essentially what you'll start to do is then... Well, you just follow meme huh? accounts. You just follow meme accounts or dog pictures. Exactly, meme accounts. Anything else. Like, anything else. You know, like if you are such a one-dimensional person that the only thing that you ever think about is... <laughs> stuff, like, no, no wonder people think that you have disordered thinking. Or no wonder you have disordered thinking. Because that's, that's the only thing you think about. You know? Like, it, it's so telling when you look at someone's explore feed you know, on Instagram, it's like, oh, I can see your thoughts. Cause that's what the algorithm is trying to do. It's trying to see things or trying to expose you to things that you previously have interacted with, or you would like. Now, obviously it's not hundred percent right, but it gives you a pretty good idea. Like if you look at someone's explore feed and all it is, is dog pictures. Like the vast majority of my explore feed is nature and dog pictures or dog videos, especially pit bulls. Cause I like pit bulls. Um, so it's like, lots of Russian, Russian memes. Yeah, that's, what, that's what I mean. It's like you get exposed to the things that you look at more often. So it's like if you are being exposed to these things, it's within your power to change that. Yep. So, yeah, like, I mean, it's like that's an important point, especially those of you who are listening who are like, oh, no, I just couldn't. I'm too physique focused. Like, take those steps. Like, you can actually take action on doing that. Like, that's something you have a lot of control over that you can adjust and it will it will like it's not just about like not not focusing so much on your body image but it will like if you start to diversify what you expose yourself to it will genuinely change like what you would like to be able to do as in if you see people if you see all these people who are able to run like 5k runs in 15 to 20 minutes and suddenly you're like god i tried a 5k run a few years ago and i couldn't even finish it i eventually walked across the line at 45 minutes you know, you might actually start to think that, oh, maybe I, maybe I actually am not that fit. You know, why do I have fitness after my name if I can't do that? You know, or are you someone who climbed a, a 6,000 meter mountain and you're like, God, I remember the time we tried to go up Torque Mountain and carry it's like 800 meters and I nearly died. You know, so you start to, you start to see those things and then you're like, oh, there actually are holes that I could work on. And the beautiful thing about that is that if you are someone who has just been specializing in like, I want to improve my physique, like. If you've been doing that for a few years, mm, results are probably going slowly, all right? Like, that's the reality of it. And if it's also leading to kind of toxic thought processes that are tripping over into you potentially not enjoying your life as much, if, you're actually, if you actually take up a couple of these additional things, like let's say you just take up a little bit of running, you're going to make pretty quick progress. You know, you're going to experience those beginner gains just like you did when you first started lifting. And then suddenly you'll start accumulating wins and you start seeing that, Oh, I actually can still make make progress. And now you've got a couple of different things that you value yourself based on, as opposed to just how you look. You'll start to think, all right, how you know how well is my body performing now? And you, you that can even help shape reshape your your nutrition thought process. Like we've spoke about this before, that like one of the things I try to do very often with clients who are quite focused on body image is set like get them focused on their performance in the gym, even, you know looking at their five rep max, looking at their eight rep max, getting them to focus on strength as opposed to just body composition outcomes. So if you can have those kind of outcome-based goals or those little milestones for yourself, then you'll begin to think a little bit differently about like how exactly you're fueling that. You know, Nutrition becomes far less about deprivation when you're thinking about, oh, I need to maximize my performance. And I see that as one of the 
key distinctions and it, like it, it's actually more clear than you would think between the people that that we coach for um ga you know because just because we have a good few ga clients just set it as an example and the people who are solely um like body composition and fat loss focused like there's a very clear distinction in that the G, the athletes they understand that my nutrition is for performance first and that's a really key point to grasp so so yeah there's, there's multiple different reasons why you might want to consider this generalist thought process um and, and although it might seem, might seem vague it's kind of the point like it's it's deliberately vague because every, it's almost like everyone just has this like assumed very specific goal that we all want like we all want to build muscle and lose fat and that's all that matters no matter how we get there and i think we need to take a step a step back especially as personal trainers because that's one of the things that 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 this kind of happened is that personal training has almost become synonymous with oh we're just we're just fat loss coaches you know and i and i think that can be annoying you talk is the point I can't talk it's, over it's that. It's Laura's house. It's Laura's house. Okay, Laura. I can shout that loud. What the fuck did you go? It stopped. It stopped. <laughs> but, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, like I, I, I think that sure how people kind of get into the frame of mind. But I want to actually give them a, a little bit of a process. And we, we've talked about it before, and it's that kind of identify, isolate. Uh, integrate and then improvise you know like if you use that kind of thought process and start having a deeper think about what you're actually trying to achieve and that's the first bit that's the first like identify you know like think about what what is available out there right and we'll just think of it in terms of your body here so there's strength qualities there's we'll say muscular qualities which are kind of just a side effect of strength qualities there's fitness like cardiovascular fitness and there is flexibility mobility right so there's really only three things you need to concern yourself with right that that's it now that's just on the, the training side of things now obviously the side effects of those you know could be improved health could be improved body composition whatever right but those are the three things your training can achieve right and again they can give you those side effects as well right so the easiest way to start thinking of these things is okay look at your training you go okay what am i what am i actually trying to achieve what do i say i'm trying to achieve and if someone gave me the program that i'm doing would they say those two things align right and also have a little deeper think about what are you actually trying to achieve because yes maybe body composition is your goal right now you know you're trying to build some muscle lose some fat whatever but where do you ultimately want that to get you to you know are you just losing body fat for the sake of losing body fat or are you losing body fat to improve your health? Because if it's just for the sake of it, or maybe it's for an actual performance, you know, you want to be a bodybuilder or something, you know? But all of those things have different approaches, even though you would think they kind of go for the same thing. Like if you're just losing body fat for the sake of losing body fat, like you can justify doing ridiculously low calorie diets. You could justify doing ridiculous amounts of cardiovascular work, whatever, right? overtrain because at the end of the day it doesn't really matter as long as you achieve your outcome of losing body fat because that's what you say your goal is but if you're losing body fat to improve your health to feel better to feel good to have energy throughout the day that's going to be a different approach than if you're just just doing it to lose body fat you don't care the means or the ends justify the means you know like there are two different approaches if you're focused more on your health and you're focused more on you know feeling good 
there's a certain approach that you go to achieve that, right? And same again, like if you're focused on winning a bodybuilding competition or a physique competition or whatever, you know, maybe you are sacrificing your health to do that. You know, maybe you are getting to ridiculously low levels of body fat. Maybe you are putting yourself under conditions that are not conducive to long-term health, exposing yourself to thought processes that aren't conducive to long-term mental health. You know, as long as you're willing to accept those things and you actually understand what you're trying to achieve, you've, you've spent that time, you've sat down, you've gone, what am I actually trying to do? And are, are the processes I'm bringing about to achieve that, do they actually align with what I, I say I'm trying to achieve? You know, because oftentimes they don't. Like we were saying it before, people are like, oh, I want to strengthen my quads and they're doing a low bar squat and their quads get no stimulation. You know, it's like, okay, you, there's some sort of disconnect here. You know, same again, it's like if people have that thought process like there, there might be better exercises to do but okay now we can get a better understanding because you actually enjoy those exercises and that's why they're in the program they actually help increase your you know the sustainability of the program because you enjoy those exercises and thus you go to the gym you like hitting numbers in them maybe they're not the best exercises they're not the the best modalities or whatever for your ultimate goal but they help keep you consistent they help keep you on point with the overall training you know, but once you're aware of that, you can go, okay, so that's, that's, that's my starting point. These are all the things I want to achieve. And again, going back to that, there's those three things. Look at your program. Where are you improving strength? Like what, what are you trying to do? And again, when I say strength, I don't mean that one to three rep strength, which is what everyone assumes strength means. Like strength is rep independent. Strength doesn't care if you're talking 50 reps or five reps, you know, it's, it's still the strength to do 50 reps. You know, it's like, yes, it's a different strength quality, but it is still strength, you know? So you look at that and you go, what am I actually trying to achieve? You know, what, what, what strength aspects am I working on? You know, like that's the first thing you go, where, where am I putting my performance towards strength? Look at that. And you go, okay, well, actually I'm not focusing on getting stronger in anything. I've only been ever focusing on the pump that I get from the gym, how good of a connection I get with the muscle when doing this exercise. You know, okay, so maybe we change the top process a little bit and we become less physique, you know, orientated. Again, depending on the overall, what your goals are, right? So you, you look at that, you do that, you go, where, where are my strand qualities? There, these are how I'm achieving it. Perfect. These are the movement patterns. These are the, the ranges, whatever that I want to get stronger. In. Awesome. Where's the, the fitness, the cardiovascular fitness stuff? Oh, you've none? Okay. Can we at least just bring in maybe a step goal per day? That's our baseline fitness, right? You do that. Awesome. Great. Then you go, okay, well, there's all these other fitness qualities. What, what's your resting heart rate at? Oh, it's at 70. Okay, let's see if we can bring in some more aerobic stuff to actually try and improve that, you know? Um, maybe you're like, oh, well, I actually wouldn't mind improving, you know, my anaerobic performance. Let's see about the training modalities we can bring in to do that. Maybe it's your alactic performance. Again, maybe you have a sport and you're like, I wouldn't mind improving my fitness for that. And again, you look at, do a needs analysis of the sport, what fitness qualities are apparent in that sport. And then again, you do the, the correct modality to achieve that, you know? And we kind of touched on these the, the different modalities beforehand. Um, and then again, you go, okay, flexibility, mobility, are you doing any work to improve that? And again, maybe that is achieved through your resistance training, you know, but maybe for you as an individual, it's not, you know, you need to do some specific work, you know, maybe you are doing a lot of, 
you're really looking, oh, I have, a, I have a shit chest. I want to build my chest strength and I want to build my chest, you know, size. And maybe you notice that your pecs do get tight after that, you know? So maybe you need to do a little bit of stretching for your pecs, for example, right? Again, maybe you could achieve that by doing some, I don't know, dumbbell flies or something in the gym, but maybe it doesn't do it for you and you need to do some specific work, you know? Awesome. Those are basically the qualities you can train. So look at your program and see how you're hitting those qualities. And then you can start going, okay, so I actually realized there's this huge or two huge holes in my game and all I've been doing is resistance training and I actually haven't been focusing on getting stronger. So I actually have nothing to show from the resistance training. Like I think I gained a kilo in the last five years, a kilo of muscle, but I've been training religiously for five years, five times per week. And that's all I have to show for it. Like I'm not actually stronger or more athletic or more mobile or whatever. So it's like, you need to start thinking of these things. Anyway, go on. Yeah, and I suppose the only thing to add on to that then is like you've got your your basic components of fitness. You know, you discussed like you split them into three. Like, the you've got your 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 strength, which obviously comes with muscle building to some degree. Like that, we you, you just threw them there in there as one. You've got your kind of cardiovascular stuff, whether it's aerobic specific or it's anaerobic or like generally when you're talking about a sporting context, like you can't really put it as as either really, but um. And then you've got like your flexibility, mobility, which is probably relevant to less people, but it's 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 there. Um, essentially, like you're talking about like joint range of motion, you know, so like resistance training does tend to take care of most of that for most people. But I mean, there's nothing wrong with having the goal of like, I just want to do the splits because it's cool. And, you know, it's like, if that's your goal, I'm like, I'm not going to tell you it's a stupid goal, you know, unless you currently have like, I don't know, 30 degrees of abduction and you already are in agony. I'm like, I don't know about that, but we'll see. Um, so, so you can improve those things for sure. So if that's a goal, that's a goal. But, but that brings it on to the, the, the second part is, is that like, like splits, that's essentially a skill you could call it. And, and there's, there's many skills that you could also want to achieve. So you can further subdivide all of that into asking yourself, like, what skills would you like to have? Like, for example, some people have never been able to do pull-ups and they would just love to be able to do five or six pull-ups if they were to get up on a bar. Like, that's a very reasonable goal to have. And again, and that's why, that's why this generalist thought process is useful because you start to think about, all right, what are the skills that I'd actually like to have? You know, for example, one of the big things for me is that like when I go away, I'm traveling or on holidays or whatever, like I'm going to Belarus in a couple of weeks, they have a playground there. I always want to be able to get a good workout in and at that playground. Okay, so that involves like lots of chin-ups, lots of push-ups, lots of dips, stuff like that. You know, if I wasn't able to do one of any of those things, like it'd be pretty difficult to get a decent workout in. Although you could make modifications, etc. I think it's worth considering. You know, you want to have that basic capacity that if you're going to go somewhere else, you're able to train with the tools that are available. Um, so whether it's, it, it could be some of those bodyweight movements. It doesn't mean you have to go and become like the bar stars on YouTube and be able to do all crazy stuff. But like you can do a few pull-ups, you can do a few push-ups, you can do some dips, whatever it is. You know, it might be the case that you even want to like, oh, I was on holidays last year and I saw someone do a backflip into the pool. I'd love to be able to do a backflip. And you want to do a backflip like like that's fine like we often don't we often kind of put those things outside of fitness but like 
they're reasonable goals goals to have. If you want to do a backflip, if you want to learn to do a handstand, if you wanted to be able to do handstand push-ups, like you could go on and on and on and on. But ultimately, there are many, many, many skills that all kind of fall under like what we call quote unquote fitness. And I think it's important not to just be so reductionistic that we just think that fitness is just about gym machines, like treadmills and barbells. It's like, yeah, that stuff is all super stuff. But very often, like as you said, it's general physical preparedness. Like it's all part of GPP. So like if you have specific skills you want to develop, like you can bring them into your program. You you don't have to feel bad about that. Like you could have your push day and at the end you do handstands or at the end you do, I don't know, pistol squats just because you want to, not because it's all physique focus so so yeah you've got your components of fitness and then you've also got your skills as well yeah, and this kind of goes into the whole sporting realm as well then because we've obviously been dipping in and out yeah. of it, maybe force as well or whatever like like I, I say it all the time but there is no sports specific exercises in the gym like it's all gpp like there are obviously exercises that are going to be more beneficial given a target population Right. But at the end of the day, it is all general physical preparedness. That's all you can do in the gym. Right. Unless you have a sport that is actually with those exercises. Like obviously if you're doing powerlifting, like they're they're all sport specific exercises, you know, your bench squat deadlift, they're sport specific exercises. Right. Same as weightlifting, you know, if you're doing your snatch, clean and jerk, they're sport specific exercises. Or we'll say the derivatives of those. They're all sport specific exercises. Right. But if you're, I don't know, a GA player. Like you just want to have good capacity all around, good range of motion and strength in that range of motion in all your joints, you know, because like realistically, you don't know what ranges you're going to get into in, in that sport, you know, like you might be like, oh, well, I don't need that strength quality or I don't need that strength, that range of motion for my sport. But if you do something like, I know, Ga as well, like you, you could be going in for a tackle and stuff, and then you're going to wish that you were able to have stability in your shoulder in this overhead behind the neck position, you know, and you've never trained it, you know, and all of a sudden you get tackled when you're in that position and your shoulder pops out and you're like, Jesus, I actually wish I got strong there, you know, but it wasn't sport specific, you know, it's like, you just want to have a good general capacity. And this is especially true if you do a sport like, brazilian jiu-jitsu where you're basically getting fucking playing origami with someone else in a fucking gi you know you're getting folded into these random positions like you just want to be strong in whatever positions your body can get into you know and that's the kind of thought process you should have if you're doing sports it's like these all these exercises that you're doing in the gym will have some carryover some will have better carryover to your sport but at the end of the day, it's like, the, it's all just general physical preparedness. Like, it doesn't matter if you, you find split squats work really well for you, but, you know, someone's saying like, oh, you have to squat for improved GA performance. Like, it's irrelevant. If, if you notice that doing split squats improves your performance and that's your metric, that's what you're trying to do, then fucking do split squats. If you notice that you're doing an exercise and it's actually detracting from your performance, then it's a fucking no-brainer it doesn't matter about doing that exercise because someone said it's the best exercise for x sport if it doesn't improve your sporting performance or detracts from it then you need to stop doing it you know like again like we were saying earlier on i think it was before the call, the call though like doing back squats you know for bjj or even deadlifting as well can be a, a, an issue as well you know it beats up your lower back and if you're in doing like doing brazilian jiu-jitsu 
you know, you're, it's very low back intensive. You're always in this kind of uh, tucked under pelvis position. You're always in this kind of flexion of the spine. You know, if your lower back is taking a beating from doing back squats and as a result, your BJJ performance is decreased, those back squats aren't doing you any benefit for your BJJ. Now, that might be fine if you're like, oh, I actually wouldn't mind doing BJJ and powerlifting. Then you're going to have to back squat. Sorry. You know, you're just, you're going to have to, you're going to have to take the hit on one of them, you know? Um, but if you're like, oh, I'm doing squats and doing back squats to improve my BJJ and it's leaving you in, in, unable to actually train BJJ, it's a no brainer. Get the fuck rid of those things. You know, choose a different squat variation. I don't fucking care. Like this again, like you see people as well. They say, people say the fuck craziest things. Like they're like, oh, do these exercises because they improve athleticism. Don't do these exercises because they're not athletic. You know, it's like, this is actually just, it's stupid. Like I can make a strong case that the leg press is the most specific exercise you could do for BJJ and improve your athleticism because that's literally the position you're going to be in. You're going to be on your back and you're going to be extending your legs away from you. So now I've just made the case that that's a more sport specific exercise than squats. But the vast majority of people have only been exposed to athletic training we'll call it in the context of field sports where they have to run jump and do whatever right so they're like oh squats are the most they improve your performance the most and it's like not for my sport so i can improve my athleticism by doing leg press you know especially if you do something like a spider guard you know it's like this is 100 percent specific here you know same with flies you know dumbbell flies or cable flies or whatever people are like oh no you don't want to isolate that i'm like i actually just don't want to get armbarred you know, like that would be a very sports specific exercise, but you're now telling me that it's not sports specific. I'm like, yeah, okay, it's not sports specific to your sport, but to mine it is, you know, and, and there's loads of those examples, you know, so you need to have the thought process of what am I actually trying to achieve? Like the vast majority of people just never spend that five, 10 minutes of actually just stepping back, analyzing what they want to achieve. And I mean, in depth, literally going, okay, so I say I want to achieve these things, why do I have, are these exercises that I'm choosing the best exercises for this? No. Okay. Why aren't they? Maybe it's all you have available to you. That's fine. You, you're making a trade-off. Once you're willing to accept that trade-off, cool. You know, but the vast majority of people just never spend that time. And as a result are doing programs or are doing training methods that don't actually adequately fix or achieve the outcomes that they're trying to influence. You know? So, the key thing you should take away from this is, is not even the oh, generalist approach is best because it's a really hard concept to, to fully grasp. The, the key thing you should be taking away from this is you need to do a needs analysis. You need to be very specific in what you're trying to achieve, you know, and not just in the short term, because that's fine, but in the long term. Like, are you like a lot of young guys are like, oh, all I care about is getting swole. I just want to be fucking an absolute unit. It's like, that's cool, right? You can have that goal. That's perfectly fine. But just keep your eye to the horizon and be like, right, but I actually do want to be able to move when I'm 50, you know? So maybe I don't need to be doing 50 sets of back squats that leave my knees feeling in bits or my low back feeling in bits, you know, because you're doing so much volume. It's like, you just have to keep that eye to the other goals that you may have, you know, same again, like people will do this. They'll jump on fucking steroids when they're like 16 or whatever. And it's like, yeah, that's cool. You don't mind that. But do you, are, are you okay with explaining to 
your future wife that, oh, actually, I can't have kids because, you know, I wanted to gain five kilos of muscle when I was 18. You know, are you okay with that? Because it's a possibility. Now, it's not a definite, but it's a possibility. So you have to be willing to accept that if you do go down that route, you know? So all of this stuff, you just have to be aware of what you're trying to achieve, what the bigger picture of what you're trying to achieve is, and whether you are actually setting things up in a manner that actually achieves those, or are you setting things up in a manner that it achieves it for someone else and you're just copying that because that's all you're ever exposed to. Savage. So I suppose the overall take home points, action points would be like number one, you don't have to be afraid to venture beyond what you've been comfortable doing for the last two, three, five, ten, twenty years. Okay. You know, it, it won't bite if you happen to go for a little bit of a run. You know, you happen, happen to go for a swim. You try and learn to do a few pull-ups, whatever it is. Um, the other actionable point that was really important that we mentioned was about, you know, essentially filtering what you expose yourself to and trying to expose yourself to more, more diverse um, individuals and activities and ideas and whatever um, when you are online. Like, I think that's really, really important. Um, and then as you said, you know, make sure that you have some sort of needs analysis in place to design your, exactly what exercise approach you're going to put in place. Okay. And it, that doesn't have to be like a, I'm putting this in place for 12 weeks. It's more so like, all right, what, am, what do I want to work on over the next couple of years? You know, what, what actually really matters to me? Because very often, like, like Patty was saying, what tends to happen is that people just end up following the same methods that everyone else has used, assuming that they need to use them. They don't question the fact that, you know, the squat mightn't be the best exercise for their goal or the deadlift mightn't be the best exercise for their goal. Or, you know, if you don't like bench press, you don't have to do it. You know, if you want to do all of your exercise on machines, like that's fine, you know, and you're allowed to do other things on top of that, you know, so you can deviate from that sort of like what everyone does path. And if you have the, if you have the, the to then design a program based on like just from purely from your needs then fantastic but if you're able to seek 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 inspiration from from other people other activities and stuff you should be able to implement some things from them too you know if you're thinking like oh i i, I want to start some running but where do i even start like it's definitely not a good idea to keep following all the physique and bodybuilding people follow a few runners see what they say you know see what they see if they have like a a couch to 5k article that they've written you know you'll find lots of that stuff online but you have to look for it and you have to consider you know what do i really want how am i going to achieve it and then you can start to to go down those paths yourself and also a good idea would be to follow people that are actually doing what you think is possible what i mean by that is yeah people that have the most unrealistic goals they're like oh i want to do mma powerlifting and triathlons and you're like okay that cool right do are there individuals who have done this right are there individuals who do this right because you're 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 trying to do something that is extremely hard so first of all you want to know if it's possible right but i know there's some fucking young guns out there who are like i'm going to be the first one to be able to do it you know so more power to you right but still there's going to be individuals out there that have tried it, right? So 
get in touch with them, follow them, connect with them and see, you know, what are the pitfalls that they've identified? You know, so you can, first of all, avoid them. Even if they say ultimately, oh, it's impossible to do these triathlons while powerlifting and fucking doing MMA, right? Or they're like, yeah, you can do it. You're just going to be shit at all three of them, you know? But find individuals who do this stuff. See how they organize their training. See what the approaches they take. See the pitfalls they've made. And then go about doing what you're trying to do. Like, don't try to follow the program of someone who only does that one thing or follow the advice of someone who only does that one thing. You know, like, again, like you're saying, like, you're looking at all these physique orientated people and you're like, I'm going to do his program, but I also want to do a marathon. So I'm going to do this other program on top of that. It's like, okay, well, like, that's just not, that's not how you go about designing an overall training plan an overall training structure. It's like the, the things have to complement each other, you know, and they have to work in harmony. Cause again, you'll see this all the time. Like, like I really like a, a high low kind of approach to training. If you're doing a lot of different activities, like some days are going to be more intense and then some days are going to be lower intensity. Like the way I basically have my training set up currently. Um, again, my goals being, I just want to be able to have a knock whenever, um, is, uh, I have two hard days of training, an easy day of training, two hard days of training, an easy day of training, and then a full day off, right? So those two hard days of training, they're back to back, but I have a lower body day and an upper body day. And on those two days, I train Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, right? And right now I'm only doing about an hour of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, but when I go back home, I'll probably be doing two hours of Jits, right? Then my easy day, like I just hit the heavy bag or practice some boxing, right? It's basically low intensity cardio. That's all for me. That's, that's all it is. Right. And that's purely just cause I actually enjoy that. Like I, I probably would get better results in terms of my actual goals, which is to get better at Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. If I did another class of Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, well, first of all, the, the class schedule not, doesn't really suit that for me. And also too competitive for my own good and i just really start pushing those classes so it just becomes another hard day you know um but for me then it's like okay that's that's a low intensity day my heart rate you know i'm not i'm not pushing the pace i'm just basically hitting the heavy bag and i'm not going that intense my heart rate maybe goes up to 160 but for the vast majority of time it's basically at that kind of 140 ish range right and that just keeps me entertained allows me to get more conditioning in allows me to burn through some calories and Generally, I just like training more often. I, I like being able to move, right? Then again, the next two hard days, same thing again, a lower body day, an upper body day, those two, the evenings then, jits as well. And then on the Saturday, the sixth day, again, it's just me hitting the heavy bag. And it's just low intensity cardio. If I really wanted to, it's always, if I'm really feeling beat up from the, the jits, like I can skip the, the heavy bag work. I can just have that as a full off day for that Wednesday. And again, I can have a full off day for that Saturday, right? So if you are planning out a training program, like look at how your overall week is structured. Where are the really hard training days? Where are the really easy training days? Where are your rest days? Because this is, this is really important when you try to have this kind of generalist approach and you're looking at it from trying to combine two programs because people will be like, Oh, like I'll do this marathon runners training program in the morning. I'll go for, you know, he or she goes for fucking these yogs in the morning. And um, so I'm going to do that. 
And then in the evening, I'm going to uh, do some resistance training and I'm actually going to follow Bill Heath's program. You know, it's like this, this, it's not designed, they're not designed to complement each other. You know, like the volume of either of them is going to be inadequate. You know, it's very, very real possibility that you'll have a really hard training session or really hard training sessions back to back to back to back, day to day to day to day, you know? And like there, there could be a case where you're doing a really hard run in the morning and then trying to train legs in the evening, right? And that would be fine if you were then going to have uh, an easier day the next day. But the next day could be just as hard for, you know, maybe the, the cardio stuff in the morning is easy, but the resistance training in the evening is hard. You know, so you've just had two hard days back to back, you know? So it's like, you have to look at the overall structure of the training program and what's what is it trying to achieve and how does the overall structure work for your actual goals and again it just comes back to that needs analysis like you say you have these different goals but is the actual program helping you do that yeah and like i suppose like to give people some encouragement when you do implement things well like you can make progress with a number of different things like i I have one client at the moment and she plays she plays GAA, but she also took up triathlons and she's also been resistance training for the last year. And she's like put on like a fairly significant amount of muscle. I would say like above average responder and um, lost quite a bit of fat, but also continued playing like county level football and took up triathlons. Like she's someone that I would consider like, yeah, you're probably like, you respond really well to training, but at the same time, like, you know, she plans out her weeks like at the start every week, you know, so obviously I got a program in place for her, but at the same time, she sends me like a, her timetable every week. Like, this is what I'm doing. This is what time I'm going up, this, getting up. This is when I'm going to bed. These are the times I'm in work. This is what time I have to be at training. And um, so I'm going to fit in my conditioning work here, resistance training here. These are my meals that I've planned out. Like, that's not for everyone. But like, if you are trying to do multiple different things and you're trying to do them well, like, because she's at a high level of GAA, and doing all the other things, like you have to be fairly like on point with things. Um, so like that's that's when you're trying to bunch everything in together. And like she's had great success with that. I have another client who's who was was more so like doing the second approach I spoke about, where in the in the winter time, essentially what we did was he was he did a photo shoot. So during that period of time, like we were focused on like more so resistance training, focusing really in on you know getting lean getting shredded for that photo shoot and then coming up to the summer he actually booked a half marathon and then a marathon so for most of this year so far his primary training focus has been running and we've been working towards that marathon that's upcoming soon so there's different ways that you can approach it um, but you definitely can make it work don't like don't be discouraged like that second guy i was talking about like he's like 90 kilos like has more muscle than i'll ever have and he's doing a marathon so like you certainly can do these things once you like you do have to obviously have you know a bit, a bit of discipline a decent work ethic if you do want to do multiple things but it can certainly happen and you can certainly get good results um in a couple of different areas once you're not trying to do like 12 things yeah. and that's another thing we should touch on because we've touched on a lot about the training side of things but your nutrition and your recovery have to actually support your goals because yes everyone can be a fucking animal in the gym for an hour 40 minutes an hour like you can just go to a fucking place in your head and push yourself beyond whatever you thought possible turn some good music on whatever the fuck you enjoy maybe some fucking bad music maybe that motivates you i don't know you know and you can push yourself to the absolute limits but it's 
irrelevant if your nutrition is shit and your recovery is shit. You know, you're not sleeping, you're not doing anything to, we'll say, relax or turn the system down. Like if you're not, if you're not doing the things that are needed to support your training, then I'm not going to say that it's a waste of time because it's not, but it's also a waste of your overall time. You know, like you're not going to be getting the results that you hope for, you know? So if it is something that it should have only taken 12 weeks to achieve, but because you don't sleep, you, your nutrition is all over the place and you're shit. It takes you 30 weeks to achieve it. You know, like you might, you might still achieve it or you might not. Um, but because your overall approach, your nutrition, recovery, everything is not supportive of your goals, then it, 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 you're not going to get there as quickly as possible. And this again goes to the, the second approach that I was saying, the kind of periodized approach. Like if you have multiple goals and you want to have like, you want to be good at a, a few different things, but you, you know this period of time in work or college or school or whatever is really busy, you know, maybe all those other goals go on the back burner. You know, you go, okay, right now for the next four, six, eight weeks, I know work is really intense. It's like this is our busiest period of the year. You know, maybe you work in retail or something and there's, I don't know, fucking winter sales or something or summer sales or whatever the fuck. And you're like, I know that it's really stressful. These days are long. I'm just tired at the end of it. You know, maybe you do back off on the training. You're going, this, this, during this time, like I know I'm going to be stressed to the fucking tits. So I'm only actually going to do three resistance training sessions this week. And if I can fit in a yog or two, happy days, right? And that's your, your approach. You, like, you know, you're taking that step back, you know? And you're like, I'm actually just going to put a little bit more emphasis on getting enough sleep or doing things that relax me. Maybe it is having a fucking bath or something. I don't know. Whatever it is for you as an individual. And you do that because you know those four weeks, eight weeks, whatever the fuck it is, are going to be busy. And then you go straight back into, you know, hammering towards your, your other goals because, you know, work is less intense now. You know, so you do have to look at the overall big picture, how your nutrition and how your lifestyle is actually supporting or detracting from your actual goals. Like what you say your goals are, not what you act your goals are, you know? Yep. You are what you do, not what you say you do, someone said. But yeah, I think that rounds up pretty much everything we wanted to cover. Yeah, I have nothing else to add, I don't think. Um, yeah, basically you just need to do some sort of needs analysis. Like we discussed previously that kind of, you know, identify, isolate, integrate and improvise approach. Don't know what episode it is. So <laughs> you're going to have to go back and, and search. Um, but that's a really good kind of thought process to have. But even if you don't want to go back and search for that, if you just have the thought process of, I'm going to do some sort of needs analysis, I'm going to actually assess what I think my goals are, what I say my goals are, and then I'm going to assess what I act my goals are, like what am I actually doing, and is that actually what I say that I'm trying to achieve? And if it's not, then are there justifications for that? Or are you just doing that for the sake of doing it? Do you mind, Gary? Um, um, are you just doing that because this is what X, Y, and Z person does, and you're just doing it because, because, um, you actually need to assess that, 
identify that and then kind of start isolating the different components that you want to work on and then start integrating them into the bigger picture, the overall, what you're trying to achieve. And then again, if you do do sports and stuff, then that is that kind of improvised element where you're like, okay, I've trained these specific strength qualities, fitness qualities, whatever. How do I actually integrate that into an improvisational environment, like on the field, you know, or, on the mats, you know? So you do have to take that kind of big picture approach and actually sit down and analyze your goals, you know? Yep, sounds good to me. I've got my pen and paper ready. So what are your goals, Gary, just to get massive calves? Huge calves, huge delts. I've taken your advice and I'm just gonna train calves and delts, specifically middle delts, just literally just that part, because that's all that happens, obviously. Um, just train up six days a week. It's too easy. If I was you, that's literally what I'd do, because, man, those two body parts of yours, they just respond so well. well I actually have done a cable ladder raises three days so far this week, so I'm on a roll. And what about calves? How, many, how much volume have you been doing? I've done a total of maybe 10 sets and two rounds of sprints. So that's decent casting, it's like. Oh yeah, man, they're gonna be fucking juicy as fuck. You know, I'm on the path. Um, but yeah, I reckon we just wrap it up here because I'm sick of yep. looking at your face. Um, so do you have anything to add to these fine people? Um, main thing would be to get involved in our triage method community. That's the Facebook group. It's like, you know, it's getting more and more active, more and more members. And essentially, that is the best place to have productive discussion because, like, lots of people message me on Instagram. And, like, these days, like, I download Instagram, like, once a day and I like, go on. And, like, when I have DMs, I'm like, oh, it's kind of like, oh, I don't really want to spend much time here. I'd rather, like, if it was in the Facebook group, because if you send a message in the Facebook group, then essentially that helps more people, you know, and then I can refer people back to it over time when we do give an answer. Because very often what happens is people message me or you or, or the triage page and, you know, we answer that question, but then it's like, oh, now we have to answer that the same the next time someone asks. So we'd rather just have the content there to help as many people as possible. So, so yeah, get involved in the Facebook group. Like, I don't mind if people want to send in training clips or give us case studies of your clients or your friends or your nan. Like, I don't care, but I'm more than happy to put a lot of effort into, into discussion in the Facebook group. Yeah, like it's way easier to actually, because it's, it's like evergreen content. Like you can always go back and search it. Like Instagram is pretty shit for that. Like I actually think Instagram is a terrible medium overall because there's no real like searchability. No, like if you answer a question, you put a post up and it's relate, it relates back to a post you did fucking 20 weeks ago where you discussed something, you know? Like maybe you wear fucking your uh, Olympic lifting shoes uh, doing RDLs, you know? And yeah. every time you do it, someone goes, oh, uh, is there a reason you're doing this? And it's like, you've, you've answered that before, you know? You know, so if you have to constantly keep answering it, it's just a time-consuming effort for you, right? Whereas the person seeking the information, if you don't answer them, it just looks like you're being disrespectful to them, right? Yeah, that's the problem. And so it's like, oh, like, how do you solve that? And the way you solve that is actually have somewhere that you can search to see if this question has been asked before 
So the Facebook community does that. Obviously, our website does that as well. Like that's obviously the best place. Yeah. That. Like I hate that when people ask questions and it's like, yeah, no, I actually did a podcast on that, or I actually did an entire article on that. Have you read that? And they're like, no. Like, like it literally takes you two minutes to go to my website where we put out the most content, or go to the YouTube channel, or do whatever, and just just do a quick search and see if we've actually put the content out before. Has your question been answered? I mean, we do have a Q&A form in this, in, in the bio here, or in the description. So it's like, you can use that. Because again, like Instagram is terrible for DMs. Because, you know, if you click into the DM, you pretty much have to answer it right there and then. Because yeah. there's no way to be like, mark as unread. Oh, I want to do that later. You know, there's, there's no way to do that. So you're basically just relying on the fact that you're like, oh, I'll actually, I'll remember to click back into fucking Jonathan here who messaged me and I'll remember that later when I actually have time to do this, you know? So the Facebook community is the easiest way to get actual feedback because it's way more searchable and you can actually see what kind of content we put out. And even like, because of this, obviously this is going up on Instagram or sorry, on YouTube, like even the YouTube comments, like they're not great for responding to in a, an effective manner, you know? And like, obviously it, it is, it's way better than fucking Instagram, but it's not as good as that Facebook community. So basically that's where you should be. If you want to interact with us, we obviously have that Q and a form in the description. So if you do have questions, you can always shoot them our way on that. Cause we do actually have quite a few questions uh, that we're going to get through either in informational posts uh, or articles on the site or in actual videos, just answering that question itself, you know, or we'll do a Q and a video. If there's a good few that we're like, yeah, we wouldn't mind getting through those. The other thing then is if you are not on social media that much, you know, and you're kind of like, Oh, I, w I don't want to miss any of the content that they put out, or I want to keep on top of the content they're putting out. The best place to do that is the newsletter. Like obviously if you're in the Facebook group, you should be subscribed to the newsletter, but also in the Facebook group, like we do post that newsletter. Like we obviously do post that newsletter on our site every week and then put it on social media. But again, if you're not on social media a lot, you're not going to see that, you know, but if you are in the community and you're logging in specifically to go to the community, you can be like, I'm just going to type in newsletter. Oh, I can see all the newsletters they've done. Click into that. Same again, you can do that on our website. And so if you haven't subscribed to the newsletter, that's where you get weekly deals. Like we do have a 10% discount code. It is 10%, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. 10% yes. discount code. So when you sign up to the newsletter, like you get 10% discount for the store. Um, so I do recommend that, obviously. Um, other than that, we obviously have our beginner ebook that's selling really well. Um, people are enjoying that. Got some good feedback. So if you haven't already, pick that up. Again, use the 10% discount code if you have signed up for a newsletter. <laughs> um, and obviously, we still have spaces left for online coaching because this always happens every single year in the kind of July, August timeframe. Like kind of coaching goes down a little bit in terms of like we're not full capacity. And then in the September timeframe, everyone's like, Oh, can I start tomorrow? You know, <laughs> you know like, like you want to, you want to get in a little bit earlier than that. Cause it's usually in that August timeframe, people start dripping in. They're kind of like, Oh, I'm back to my normal. I've had my fun at, I don't know, fucking whatever festivals or whatever holidays. Cause obviously everyone goes on holidays in August. Um, and I want to get back in shape or I want to really push towards my goals, whatever it is, you know, summer's over. 
new me, let's go. So if that is you, get in contact now. We can kind of reserve a space for you um, or get in contact in August. It's just a better time to get in contact with us rather than waiting till September and going, do you have space available? Because there's no guarantee that we will, you know? Um, other than that, we do have some other books that were kind of in the work are in the works. Um, so they'll become available soon enough. Ideally, I'd like to see them in two weeks, but you know, Gary's a little bit fucking lazy, so maybe not. Um, other than that, is there anything else, Gary? Nope. <coughs> That's it, man. Oh, actually, yeah. If you haven't already, subscribe, like our videos, do that whole shebang, subscribe to the Instagram, YouTube, follow us on Facebook, whatever. You know yourself. Anything else, Gary? It's too easy. Literally is too easy.